You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Chelsea. Hey, it's Grace. And hey, it's Sarah. And today we're going to take a look at another one of the Pittsburgh area missing persons cases from the early 80s. I previously mentioned there were kind of five cases that are all thought to go together. We've already covered three of them, and today is the fourth one. So today we are talking about Kathleen Kelly, who went by the nickname Kathy. So just as a reminder, the three cases that we've already Already covered are Shelley Reidenbach, Cherry Mahan, and Christine Gunther. And then Kathy Kelly, who we're going to talk about today, is our fourth. And then the next case that I am covering is the fifth, um, a teenager named Tony. So um, we will get to her case later. Side note here for Kathy's case, if you decide to dig into this case on your own to go a little bit farther into some of our sources, just be prepared for some brutal comments from people on forum sites just about everything about the relatives about the friends about like they it's like it's worse than some of the reviews that we get for making jokes during some of the episodes like it's you know people are being really judgmental yes they're very strong in their convictions about some things Mm so um just be aware of those comments uh if you do decide to dig in a little bit farther than i did for the episode So Kathy was born in California and had an older brother named Robert. When Kathy was a child, her father died and her mother decided just to relocate from California back home to Pittsburgh, which is where her mom was from. um, So they could be closer to family based on what I was able to find on web sleuths. And just a couple local, like, forum-style pages, like I mentioned before. The area of Pittsburgh that they moved to was less than favorable. I know we hear cliches all the time about, you know, like, the wrong side of the tracks. But apparently, literally, there were railroad tracks that divided this area. And she lived on the bad side of the dividing tracks. But, of course, Pittsburgh is known for its steel industry. You know, in case you've never heard of a thing called the NFL, steel is kind of important here. But in the early 80s, when a lot of the steel mills were starting to shut down, it really was wreaking havoc on these areas of the city. It's where a lot of the steel workers lived as they started losing jobs or jobs started paying less. You know, the communities they lived in took a downward turn just because of the poverty that took over the families. And nowadays, this area is known for drug offenses and violence, mainly like domestic disputes, um, domestic abuse, things like that. So back to the 80s, Kathy was 12 when she went missing after visiting her sister and infant niece and then leaving to walk home. As with the other three cases that we've talked about, she completely just vanished into thin air. Now, before she went to visit her sister, she was at the Cesarina Skating Rink in Cheswick, PA. She went there with her brother-in-law and her nieces and nephews. Um, So it's kind of an interesting sibling dynamic because there's a solid 20 years between Kathy and her sister, Judy. So when I say she was out with her nieces and nephews... 
it was more like any of us being out with our cousins. You know, her niece was actually four years older than her. So she was 12 and her niece was 16 at the time. So she was with, like I said, it it was nieces and nephews, but they were her same age. And then her sister, Judy, had just had a baby recently. So Judy was at home with the baby. And then Judy's husband was at the rink with Kathy and then all of the other kids. So Kathy was there. Um, um, I do want to note here that a lot of people were questioning whether Judy is actually Kathy's mother. You know, like a teenage pregnancy that you just cover up by saying, you know, the grandparents are actually the parents, whatever. Sure, we've seen it. Right. So Judy's daughter confirmed on um, social media posts that Kathy is Judy's sister, not her daughter. So if it was, you know, some sort of family secret, it was a deep, deep, deep family secret because, you know, like nobody knows about it. And it sometimes it just happens. You just have two marriages that are years apart and you have kids that are years apart or, you know, not necessarily marriages, but it can happen. Sure. Um. So anyway, just it was confirmed that, you know, Judy and Kathy were sisters, not a mother and daughter set. It is likely that their young was just or sorry, it is likely that their mom was just young when Judy was born and then was in her late 30s or 40s when Kathy was born. I mean, it's it's totally possible. Regardless, back to the events of the day that she went missing. Kathy got bored at the skating rink and decided to go see Judy and the baby (laughs) since, like I said earlier, they weren't at the skating rink. Um, Judy only lived eight blocks from the skating rink and Kathy walked the distance to Judy's home, hung out for about an hour and then said that she was leaving to go back home, which was about a six block walk. And I know the first thing that people, especially our generation say, you know, like, I can't believe you let kids walk that. I mean, when I was 12, I walked all over my town. Me too. And I would easily walk six blocks and then eight blocks Yeah, to go. If I went down to the pizza shop and then stopped at a friend's house on the way home, I would walk two miles to do that. So it, I don't know, it was just easier. So it, anyway, it was just easier for her to walk. Um, We didn't really hit the stranger danger teachings in school yet. Like I've mentioned the past couple episodes and it was only a little over one and a quarter miles from the skating rink to her home. And her sister's house was literally like 10 10 foot steps away from being along the way. So it's not like she was adding a whole bunch of extra walking to what she would do normally. So apparently when Kathy was at Judy's house and was saying, you know, hey, I'm going to head home, Judy offered Kathy a ride home, but Kathy just said she wanted to walk. And... Later on, Judy came out and said that during that hour that they were together, it seemed like Kathy was kind of being evasive and it seemed like maybe she wasn't being fully honest with Judy. But I mean, at the same time, you're going to second guess your own interpretations of what someone says or does around you when they go missing right after. So like, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say too much to that. I think sometimes, like, you just want answers, so then you'll kind of just overanalyze and kind of try to look into things just to try to get almost that closure or see if you can find 
some type of clue to figure out what happened. Right. So whether or not she really was hiding something from Judy, we obviously don't know. But Judy said that Kathy didn't share if she had any other plans that night. Um, She just said she was going home. What time of year was this? What was the date? This was May. Okay. Spring. Okay. So now it is the 80s and we have a 12-year-old who has gone missing while walking. There were no struggles or sightings of strange or sightings of any interactions that were reported. Um, So what did the police do? Run away. (laughs) Marked it as a runaway. Now, side note, I do know we give cops a lot of crap. The crap that I'm giving here is aimed at how things were handled 41 years ago. So don't come at me. I'm yelling at something that was improperly handled previously. So don't at me. And, you know, like if this happened now, we have Amber Alerts. We have all these other systems in place. And I try to trust that cops are not going to ignore a 12-year-old who goes missing in today's society. So putting that out there, I am very mad at the fact that they were like, "Mm, 12-year-old kid missing. She must have left on her own yeah. with nothing. And like, this is just the theory that they went with. So yeah, that's that's my little tirade for that. Now, there were some undisclosed issues in the home at the time. And Kimberly, who is, she would be Kathy's niece. This is one of Judy's daughters. So Kimberly thinks that Kathy was running away to just kind of avoid some of these issues in the home. Now, I can't find any information about exactly what issues were going on at home. There is a Facebook post that I did link in the sources on the blog where you can see comments about her and her family. Now, it's Facebook, their comments, it's all speculative. But there was a comment from a family member who said, quote, she was glad she was out of the house because of things happening in the house that the family is not prepared to discuss at this point since certain family members are still living, end quote. Yikes. So, you know, we can kind of run wild with that and just speculate to the nth degree. But in the end, we don't know the answer. So we're not going to sit here and speculate what may have been going on. But to me, that confirms that there really was something horrific going on if they can't even talk about it because someone is is still alive. It sounds illegal because why else would you be protecting someone if not from the law um but anyway what we know is that something bad was going on and it's quite possible that she wanted to run away from it um so really that's all we need to know at that point kimberly also points out that she's pretty sure based on her memory that kathy ran away in 1980 not 1981 now This is why the dates may be a little bit mixed up. Apparently, she was last seen in fall of 1980. So the whole roller rink, spending time with the sister, walking home, that was actually in 1980. So the fall, not May? Of 1980. Okay. She's considered to have been missing since May of 1981 because... That's when the police said maybe she didn't run away. Maybe she's actually missing. Oh. So because she wasn't considered missing beforehand, 
her missing date is listed as May. Okay. Because that's when her classification changed from runaway to missing. Man, that's so confusing. So it's almost like arbitrary when it comes to the actual case. It's just like the day that the label classification was changed. Which... And I agree, Chelsea. It's very confusing. Yeah. It, my face was all like confusion the whole itself. time. <laughs> it's Yeah. So, and that's how it was explained in one article. Because when I read that Kimberly said it was 1980, I was like, well, that, how can everybody have something that off? Yeah. And then it just happened to be like, well, it's because she was listed as this, not this. So, and that makes sense. On a legal if you don't level, think about it too hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not on a uh, common sense level, but on a legal level. Right. Those are different right. things. Yeah. So Kimberly was quoted in a Trib Live article saying, "Quote: My personal opinion is that Kathleen left. She wasn't taken. How she can leave and survive, I have no idea. She would have needed help." And then she also said that, "Quote: My initial thought was, thank God she's gone and out of that house." But it then shifted to, wow, I lost my best friend. Mm. And it was in that moment that Kimberly just kind of felt and knew that she would never see Kathy again. So nothing, 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 nothing for a long time. And then in the early 90s, about nine to 10 years, again, depending on whether we're looking at when she was last seen versus when she was actually listed as missing, Kimberly gets a phone call. And the voice on the other line just said, you know who I am and I'm fine. And the call disconnected. There were also some calls that were coming in that were completely silent. Kimberly would answer and just kind of listen to the air on the phone and then say, Kathy, is that you? And the person would hang up. The way that I'm understanding it is if there was silence, the phone connection would remain. But if Kimberly then said, you know, is this Kathy? That's what would, you know, kind of force the hang up. Like she could sit in silence for a while, but as soon as she brought up Kathy is when the phone would hang up disconnect that's so creepy Um, i hate it yeah now even the craziest thing about this to me is that at this time kimberly's in her 20s and likely isn't using the same phone number she would have had growing up like i can't imagine unless she happened to be living in her family's house either still living there or you know bought the house from her parents or whatever and has just maintained that same phone number through the same phone service but otherwise it feels kind of like Kathy if this was Kathy is keeping tabs on her family in order to call the right phone numbers does that make sense yeah no I totally get it because in the 90s it would be like a a house phone Mm -hmm. and I mean I remember if we moved our number like if you moved from one town to another your number would change Mm -hmm. but you have to remember remember back then they had books that gave right. you people's phone numbers. It's not like today. I guarantee if I had asked Lana, he would have no idea what that was or how to use it. But I remember that's true. always having one sitting by our phone because, like, we didn't have internet when I was growing right. up. And so, yeah. like, you can just kind of look people up. And I, I'm pretty sure it was free. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't the person getting them. But I think they're free. They were just, like, hung on our door. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's true. And I guess as long as, I mean, Kimberly stayed in the area. So, I guess... You know, they're going to be in that phone book, too. It's not like she moved somewhere that wouldn't be in a local. Yeah, she would just have to get Uh, her hands on like that region's phone book. But I'm sure it wasn't hard. No. Yeah, that's 
valid. Yeah, good point. So there are a lot of people that believe it's just a trick from someone <clears throat> pretending to be Kathy um, to try to give the family false hope. And I couldn't find anything anywhere about whether the voice sounded like Kathy or if Kimberly even like heard enough of the voice or was able to even process the voice before the call ended. And I mean, it was 10 years ago. Sorry, it was 10 years after she went missing. Her voice might have been a distant memory, so it probably would have been hard to distinguish anyway but I couldn't find anything about any sort of voice recognition. I know you said that maybe it could be someone just trying to give the family like a false sense of hope. I just think it could just be an awful person like getting their kicks off on making the family, you know, kind of almost like relive that it. too. Because people are awful and horrible and we hear it in other cases. Oh, yeah. If we hadn't heard it in previous cases, I would have been like, no, I doubt it. Like, I don't think people are that cruel, but we've literally seen it and people can just be the worst exactly yeah yeah so it's totally possible yeah very true one other thing that the trib live article mentioned is that kimberly says she doesn't feel like kathy is gone just like she's far away so i guess kind of like an internal just friend bond family bond because they did i mean they would have similar genetics, like some sort of just feeling, she says, that she has that Kathy is away from them, but she's alive somewhere. And the biggest thing she said is that she just wants Kathy to know that it's safe to come home. Aww. So that's that's as much as I saw um, from her niece. Now, um, we do have a couple theories here. So the first one also again, comes from Kimberly. And she said she doesn't really think that Kathy was abducted. Um, but like we mentioned earlier, that she left on purpose and just didn't plan to return. Uh, now, there are a lot of debates, particularly this is kind of where I mentioned, if you dig deeper, be aware of the comments. Oh, this is where a lot of those comments were just debating the validity of the theory that, you know, how could Kathy plan to run away? She was only 12. She couldn't get by on her own, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Well, I'm thinking about it. Like my son is 11, so he'll be 12 next year. And I feel like a 12 year old now compared to a 12 year old back then, completely different. The maturity level, the yes. responsibility. I yes. think it would be way more plausible back then. And especially you have some kids that are just more mature in general. And if you're in a bad situation, yeah. you're probably way more mature than you have to be. So I don't really see it as being that, you know, difficult to think about. Yeah, I mean, I agree fully with you. I think that what we see in, you know, Gen Alpha and, well, yeah, Gen Alpha would be getting up there. Um, but what we see, like, in our young generations today is not what kids were like in the 80s. They are way and, more self-sustaining and just yes. resourceful and had way mm -hmm. more skill sets, whereas a kid... Yes. Nowadays, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but the majority do not have the same type of skill sets. Even older kids struggle with that. I'm not, mm -hmm. not sure how it changed. I guess with technology, it's changed everything. But you know what I mean? I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there are a lot of people that, you know, claim that there's no way she could have planned this. Um I think she could have left on her own, and I'm sure she ended up finding someone either to help her or unfortunately take advantage of her. 
So it could have started out as her leaving on her own and then someone took advantage. Could be something like that. Yeah. Um, And that's a definite theory that's out there as well. So I did find a little bit, a theory with a little bit more detail that specifically said maybe her brother-in-law and sister were actually trying to help her get out of the house um, that they created the excuse to leave of going to the roller rink um, and then also created the excuse of walking from the roller rink back to the house by having her sister stay home right because if everybody went then they would just all leave together and then they'd be able to see where she was but this idea is rather that they planned it so that she would walk to her sister's house and then like basically set her up to be able to leave. And, you know, they kind of ask the question if her offering a ride was just an act because Judy already knew that there was a plan in place. So saying like, hey, do you want a ride was just so that she could say she offered it without lying. So I don't know, maybe big sis saw little sis in need and just decided she had to help. And it it could also explain how she would have been able to prepare to be on her own at age 12. So that's kind of one theory that was floating around. Another, and this is kind of the, the most likely in my mind, is just this idea that she was abducted somehow. I did find one post on a forum that mentioned her getting into a car, but then I couldn't find any more details about that. So... I'm not sure if that was just a sighting that got lost through time or if it was just made up somewhere or confused with some of the other cases that it's often linked to. But it is quite possible that she just was abducted. Um, And we always look at, you know, was she abducted by a stranger or possibly like we've seen in a lot of these cases, the idea that she may have been abducted by someone she knew. So there wouldn't be any sort of screaming or flailing arms or you know like the the visual that you usually expect with some sort of abduction right Um, so i lean more towards the idea of abduction in one way shape or form um now there also was a thought at one point that kathy may have been the new jersey princess doe but that doe was actually identified just last month, uh, July of 2020. So for those curious, the New Jersey Princess Doe was identified as a woman named Dawn Olenek. And what is so. Princess Doe? I haven't heard of that. It's a it's a doe from New Jersey. Oh, I didn't know if so, there was like specific, like why she was called Princess Doe. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. I did look it up, but I don't remember. Gotcha. But yeah, so for a while they thought it could be her. Um, But that was just debunked literally within the past couple of weeks. Do you know what year that body was found, Princess Doe? Um, I believe it was 82 or 83. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So they thought it might be her for that long? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sucks for the family. Yeah. This last theory then is that Larry Hall is to blame. Um, And I don't know if we've talked about him on this show but i've definitely heard of him on other podcasts um he is a serial killer who attacked all over the country and other than the fact that he abducted um like kidnapped and murdered girls there's really not a whole lot of 
an M.O. to him. But he is linked to a string of kidnappings and murders of girls within Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Missouri. Holy shit. So, yeah. Um, it seems like he just kind of went on a road trip and... It's like Israel Keys, almost. Yeah. I mean, that was a yeah. whole different level of but messed Less up, planned, but... but yeah. Yeah. Now, a man who grew up with Larry and who knew him well wrote a book, and a lot of people who have learned about Larry's actions have linked him to Kathy's case. But between him not really having a specific MO, so it applies to almost everything, and the fact that, like, we don't even know if Kathy was murdered or is even dead. Right. Like, combining those two things, we can't put a whole lot of weight to that. But other than those, which all either feel like, yeah, duh, like she was abducted, of course, that's why she went missing. I feel like all of the theories that are out there are either like, well, yeah, duh, we just need to figure out how, or super specific, like Larry Hall, when we don't even know if she was murdered. So not a whole lot of theories, but they do still believe that it could be solvable with the right information. So how is she linked to those other girls? Just because she was a young girl that went missing in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's okay. the only link with these five. Okay. And really it came up after I had already researched two of them on their own. Um, there's just a thought that they're all similar because they're teenagers and actually Kathy would be the first one if we're looking at 1980 even if we're saying May of 1981 Kathy was the first one to go missing Shelly who we talked about a couple weeks ago was the next one in September um Christine who was the last one that I covered went missing around October 26th and then she was found on Halloween this is all 1981. And then the next one that we'll be talking about, a girl named Tony, went missing November 5th. So it's just because of how close together they are and that all of them went missing, like, without a trace, in a public area, in the middle of something where they were definitely going to be missed, but nobody saw anything. Um, so that's so really scary. just the connection. And then people also throw Cherry Mahan in there, who we had previously covered, but she went missing in 85. So that was, you know, many years later. Okay. Um, but she's still lumped in with some of those theories. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's really the only linking factor. So if you do have any information for investigators, you can reach out to the Springdale Police Department at 724 2749022. That's all we have for this episode of the Keystone Cold Cases Podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by me, Sarah. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. Theme music and production assistance from Darren Makins. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.